everyone, and welcome to Golden Walkman Magazine. I'm one of the editors, David Walker, bringing you the June 2017 issue. And this features two short fiction pieces by Ryan Dunham. And right about now is where you would usually hear me talk about what's going on with the magazine, the different submissions, opportunities, all that other stuff. It's basically like free advertising for us. And to me, that doesn't seem fair. I want to, from now on, basically skip all that and get right to the meat of what's going on. And to me, it just doesn't seem fair that the contributors who put in all this great work and submitted to us and, and all that, and the audience, they have to sit through that before they get to what really matters and what we really love bringing to you. So anytime we have that information, that's gonna be at the end of the issues after everything else has been published. There will also be featured in our appendix issues, which come out the 10th of every month. So. If you want to know what's going on with the magazine, you can go on our website, goldwalkmag.com, or listen to the end of the issues or the appendix issues. Otherwise, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to waste our time here. So in an effort to do that, let's get right to this. So this issue features two stories by Ryan Dunham. They are going to be in this order, Six Inches and The Wheel. Those are the two stories, Six Inches and The Wheel. And they are being read by a surrogate reader, Jeff Mock. The reason why we were so drawn to both of these stories, actually, is Ryan Dunham's voice throughout throughout it. Uh, he has a very humorous style and a different way of looking at things, but there's also a real heart to each of the stories. They both accomplish the goals that each of the stories set out to do, and, and um, we were really drawn to the craft of the stories. So hope you enjoy. First off, we're going to hear six inches. We'll hear a little bit of a pause and then we'll hear the wheel. So enjoy this Ryan Dunham stories. Six inches by Ryan Dunham. It's not enough. Try to convince them that it's wrong. Try to convince them that the dimensions are not correct. Jesus, Dolt! Try to convince her it's Dolterman. Jeffrey Dolterman. Hillary walks over and curls her fingers over the polished oak. Why are you buying a coffin? You're 26! I ask the coffin salesman to shut the lid. Block me off from the world. Seal my fate. I don't know what's wrong with him. She's trying to convince the coffin salesman that I'm insane. She's trying to convince him that I'm on drugs. More muffled gargling. The lid opens and fluorescent lights shine into my face. They reflect off the so-called comforting powder-white cushions. Five more minutes. I grab the oak door and trap myself beneath six feet of air. Above the vacuum, asbestos, crossbeams, electrics, plumbing, ventilation. Above that, questions I'll stop asking when this contraption is beneath six feet of dirt. Someone opens the lid. 
I squint and pull the coarse blanket by my feet over my entire body. Get out, the voice says. Hillary's rough voice prevents me from distinguishing her dialect from the salesman's. I pull the blanket down. Peekaboo! Silence. I sit up into an empty room. See? That movie in which a guy wakes up in a bodiless world, but it all turns out to be a dream. See? That movie in which a guy comes out of a coma and can't find a doctor. And it so happens that most people turned into zombies while he was asleep. The coffin salesman re-enters the what seems to be a showcase room with a new customer, some widow, perhaps, or at least some chronic drinker, or chronic smoker, or chronic mourner, her face the semblance of distraught. I close the lid before either of them sees me. How may I help you? He asks her. It takes a few lines for me to understand the vernacular of a coffin salesman, through a thick sheet of oak, no less, and I enter mid-conversation. Now this piece here, this is a 1934 white sleepbox hatchback. Note the compartment by the feet, used to place mementos you wish to bury with the departed. This was the last model to come with the brass trim around the corners. The little old lady's sigh penetrates the oak, and her ensuing voice is even softer, a faint whispering at the end of the tunnel. I don't know, she says. How much? This has been one of the best-selling coffins in the last four years, and our stock is running low. $24,999. Boss. Supply and demand, baby. Footsteps carry my eavesdropping to another display. Voices fade in the vacuum at the end of the tunnel, blackness engulfing the beam of light that's carrying the sounds of the world into this box. 1988 Black Reston style. The thick plastic casing is conducive to killer acoustics. No pun intended. These cushions here at the head of the coffin? Noise of Velcro. Come right off. The standard speakers will wear out in a few decades, so I recommend an upgrade. That is, if you care about whoever just died in your life. Our prices start at $89.95. There's a $21.50 installation fee. Would you like a warranty? One decade is $599.90. Two decades, $799.99. Studies show that most speaker malfunctions happen between decade one and decade two so I recommend a two-decade warranty. After all, you're saving quite a bundle by ensuring the departed's comfort an extra decade. I mean, isn't that why we're all here? To pay for the luxury of those that left us too early? A little old lady whispers, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what to do. The coffin salesman chuckles, and again, footsteps carry their voices farther and farther away. Into that fading light, the coffin salesman nothing but a whisper, the little old lady inaudible. This beauty just came in last week, 2009 Paris Hilton Boxel Love. Note the coffin semblance of a Hilton hotel. He lifts the lid, and my intuition tells me that the little old lady says something in reaction. 
Standard package comes with mini bar, three decade supply of fragrance, two six inch plasma screen televisions, a spoiler, spinning hubcaps, a smooth, sleek finish, and silk blankets. And of course, Paris Hilton's endorsement. She cares nothing more than to please those suffering from rigor mortis. And in my head, I imagine the little old lady shouting, I'll take it! But the voices float farther away, and I'm left staring at a faint dot of light on the horizon. I close my eyes, and when I reopen them, all I see is black. For a moment, I hold my breath and imagine the weight of air pushing my death box and me beneath the linoleum, beneath the crust, beneath the upper and lower mantles, through the outer and inner cores, and then back through the whole process until another paddle of air swats me. I imagine myself ping-ponging through dirt, passing the rotting corpses of Shakespeare, Mozart, Joan of Arc, Conan the Barbarian, Chris Farley, James Polk, Albert Einstein, Babe Ruth, Adolf Hitler, Amelia Earhart, Vladimir Nabokov, Walt Disney, and a whole bunch of other zombies I never met. This here, the voice says. I wake up, blinded by light. End of the tunnel. Voices screaming in my ears. Standard 1998 brown oak coffin. This generic piece of crap most people choose to spend eternity in. And the little old lady is screaming compared to before. How much? The coffin salesman sighs and says, $3.99. No upgrades, no warranty, no rust proofing. Something rattles atop the lid. And then the little old lady asks, Can I see inside? The latch clicks outside the other side of the oak. And then a beam of fluorescent light two vibrating voices overshadow the tiny spark and cause me to squeeze my own lids shut, and when my pupils finally adjust to the artificial light, that tiny spark is gone, and the little old lady is on the ground, silent, and the coffin salesman stares at me, jaw drop, and I scream, she'll take it! Bells chime and advert our attention to the door, Hillary beams natural light into the what seems to be a showcase room and blinds the coffin salesman. Let's go, she shouts. I crawl out of the wooden tomb and can barely walk as my legs fill with oxygen-rich blood. When Hillary leads me outside, two tiny clouds break up and, again, I have to squint my eyes. And as we make our way to the car, I walk down that tiny tunnel from before, towards a spark of light that won't seem to fade, flicker, or shine any brighter as I approach it. The Wheel by Ryan Dunham That was invented like a hundred years ago. Jerry wants to invent something, anything. I call it round circle to move things. Jerry thinks he's invented the wheel. What's the number for the patent office? Um, 
Jerry wanted to go to school for Rubik's Cube solving. Jerry tried to go to school for birdhouse building. Jerry applied for paint-by-number classes. How about you invent something useful? Jerry thinks he invented ice cubes. Dude, those things were invented like at the origin of mankind. I don't know what to tell him. It seems like everything's already been invented. At least it seems like nothing in that head of his will ever develop something useful. I want to be famous. That's his reason. But who remembers who invented air conditioning? Who remembers who invented the car wash? There's nothing left to invent, I tell him. Then why is mankind still suffering? Still confused? Still yearning? Um, Jerry thinks he invented the lunar eclipse. Look up, he says. I did that. You moved the moon? Or is it the sun? I don't know. I don't care. Jerry didn't do that. Jerry couldn't have done that. I want to be the Messiah, Jerry tells me. That's not what inventors do, I respond. Inventors make life easier. They don't save. Tell that to the man who invented penicillin. Tell that to the man who invented flotation devices. Tell that to me when I invent something. But you haven't invented anything. Jerry thinks he invented the ceiling fan. I went to school for chemical engineering. I got a degree in pedigree. I applied for a job making pastries, but they're still checking my references. Mankind is just one invention shy of salvation, Jerry says. Tell that to the man who invented the atomic bomb. Tell that to the man who invented the rifle. Tell that to the man who invented reality television. So what are you going to do? I ask Jerry. Invent immortality? Recreate the Garden of Eden? Just you wait, he says. All I need is a monkey wrench. All I need is some scotch tape. All I need is... He pauses. I sneeze, but he doesn't say anything. He's still thinking. All I need is an idea, he concludes. Just one idea, and mankind will thank me. Jerry thinks he's invented the last invention, thought the last thought, said the last word. On second thought, I start. Hope you enjoyed that issue. I am David Walker, one of the editors. Another editor is Joey Gould, and our social media coordinator is Christopher Grillo. If you want to know anything about the contributors, the surrogate readers, how to get involved, please go to our website, goldwalkmag.com. Right now, we have our first annual audio chapbook contest judged by Simeon Barry. So, if you have a chapbook link thing and you don't mind having it only in audiobook form, 
which I believe is a great form to have it in anyway, then uh, go on our website and find out how to submit to that. We are going to have our dialogue submissions starting back up in July, so look out for those issues coming out. Dialogue Starter will probably come out the 20th, and then you will have until August 31st to submit to that. So go on our website to find out all about that. We have pretty much everything social media-wise, thanks to Chris. So go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, we have a YouTube as well. We will be uploading some videos very shortly for our Writer's Recite series, which is contributors who uh, are reciting things that influence their own writing. And so that should be up very shortly. Right now, it's just me, and it's kind of boring. But check it out in a couple of days. So that's about it for me, and I hope to hear from you soon.